Left. Right. All right, that's a super cool episode I want to share with you. We've compiled a bunch of viewer and listener questions, and we're hitting them all in this podcast. So if we missed anything, throw one in the comments. I would love to hear what you would like to hear from us. In the meantime, go ahead and subscribe and like this video or podcast because that helps us out big time. It allows us to answer more of your questions, and it allows this podcast to perpetuate. Um, on that note, enjoy. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. <laughs> Cheers. 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 Welcome to episode 60 of SIP Talk. Today we'll be answering your questions. I've got a long list of questions. I, if you're just tuning in from the beginning of this live, uh, I was running a little bit late, stopped at Lowe's instead of Home Depot. Home Depot didn't have what I need. Um, I've, I've literally been rushing so much. I have, you know when you chew gum like so hard or so much, or I don't know the exact measure it takes to get to this level, but this gum is just soupy in my mouth, it's disgusting. And I haven't had a second to take it out of my mouth. Alexa, turn the desk light on. It's a good thing you're not walking right now. Uh, why is it? Chewing gum and uh, walking. Yeah, no, I'd be done, I'd be done for. I'd be tripping over myself. Um, <clears throat> so, I put a feeler post out there this morning looking for some user questions, some viewer questions. Um, and I figure we'll hit them. We actually got some pretty good questions. If you guys are watching live, I'll do my best to um, catch up with your questions live. Uh, Let's start off with what you're drinking. I was just going to say, because this is Sip Talk, and I, liter I literally just got here. Um, so I uh, got a case of wine in the garage. This is Rabbit and Spaghetti from Prisoners of War. Um, it's an Italian. Your, you've got a case of wine sitting in your garage? A couple cases of wine, yeah, because when you live in a uh, suburb, Make sure it doesn't get below freezing. You can get the, the garage pretty warm. Um, but you can get a lot of stuff in Jersey, and we're just loaded up. So I got my little wine opener here, and... Uh, but this, it's got a little air stamp on it from Italy. Who knows... South Australia, uh, it's probably, who knows? It says Italian services, uh, it says South Australia. I don't, I, you know, it's definitely a blend here. I wouldn't worry about it. Just drink it and if it tastes good, great. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and I don't get, I don't have any affiliates for, uh, for wine marketing, so. So I don't know if this beer is available um, in New Jersey or New York or wherever, but it's a local brewery called Edmonds Oast. Um, I, and they might ship farther out than just South Carolina. Um, they're a pretty excellent brewery. And I was out at their brewery last night meeting with a, a former professor just to bullshit and catch up. Yeah. And I had, I've always been a big fan of sour beers. So I got their rainbow sherbet sour and it's amazing. Hold it. You got a can in front of you? Oh, you, oh, wow. It's red. All right. Well, speaking of red, uh, a little red wine here. But 
Yeah, I don't know how easy it would be able to find outside of Charleston, but if anybody can get any of the sours from Edmonds Oast, I would recommend it. But this Rainbow Sherbert, my roommate normally doesn't like sour beers. I poured him a little cup of it so he could try. And he's like, wow, this is amazing. Uh, well, I, I, I'm not a big sour beer fan, but I'm a beer fan. I like it. Um, so let me just start with the first question. I want to roll into them. Um, no, let's just jump right into it. Somebody asked about cuffing and actually, uh, and I, I don't know the exact phrasing of the question, but it was from Sweet Onyx 50 and it was basically about people getting into relationships for the winter, which is basically um, what cuffing season is. So, you know, she said for the winter. Uh, time, I hadn't heard, I hadn't heard the term before. You're not familiar with cuffing. Okay, so I'll fill you in then. Um, cuffing is basically the season where it starts to cool down, so like fall time, winter time, where you're not looking to get super romantic and fall head over heels in love, but really more so on the casual side. Um, I don't think people are necessarily like just looking to do a two, two and a half month, three month stint, but they're not looking to get attached. And you know, whatever happens, happens. But for the most part, they're looking for, you know, you can't, in the wintertime when it's cold, you, you, especially this year, you can't go out to bars and go meet people as, uh, with as much spontaneity as you can any other time of the year. So the idea is you find somebody to settle down with uh, for the winter season, and you're not looking to get into it too seriously. That's kind so of- Oh, so it sounds to me like stopgap season. I don't, I don't know what that is. You never heard the stopgap? No. A stopgap measure? No. Stopgap measure is basically something to buy yourself time or delay a bigger decision. Okay. Um, Fair enough. I I think we could, you know, the the two would go together there. Um, So, but yeah, uh, I'm surprised. I got a few people... uh, few people tell me they, they don't know what cuffing is. So that's cool. I'm, I'm glad we could uh, um, enlighten you. So here's a little deeper question. This comes from daisies. Um, and you, because people, are, you know, they're not going out as much anymore. Since they're closing the restaurants in Manhattan, it, it looks like it's definitely going to happen. Um, you know, they're talking about meeting people who are further distance away. Um, and the question was, when you meet someone online you hit it off but you go to meet them in person who travels the man or the woman um my vote is that it should be roughly equidistant well yeah but if you're gonna you know one person's in detroit the other person's in miami or or something oh oh i thought we were talking about like i live on this side of town you live on that side of town no no i think i think we're going further distance andreas is commenting he says the man well actually he said the men um but i would say whoever lives in the better location so if one person lives in detroit and the other lives in miami doesn't matter if it's the male or the female that lives in miami someone's traveling to miami because that's a way better place to be in the winter than detroit uh, somebody else said meet halfway but the idea is you don't have anywhere halfway unless you're going to meet up in a motel which if you talk so the thing is about meeting somebody long distance and talking online like Somebody else asked about long-distance relationships, and Liana asked about long-distance relationships. And I don't think a long-distance relationship 
is a true 100% fulfilling relationship. It can fulfill you if your needs aren't every aspect on the spectrum of a relationship because there are sexual needs, there are emotional needs, there are different physical needs. Um, now, on an emotional level, a long distance relationship tends in my, if you're linking up with somebody of distance, you're really connecting more so on that emotional level. And if you're, well, if you're susceptible to connecting on an emotional level, it means your emotional needs are probably greater than the people that are abstaining from relationships and not connecting with people online. That's, well, here's the question first is, did you meet when it wasn't long distance and then it became long distance because of circumstance or did it start off long distance? Okay, good question. My, um, my thinking was that they hadn't met in person. That, that was, I don't have the question in front of me, but it was my impression that they had not met in person. This was going to be the first meeting. Um, but, but also I think nowadays, like, you should have a pretty decent connection, especially like with FaceTime and, and Zoom and stuff. Like you, you have to spend some face-to-face -face time. Um, yeah, especially, since, well, and that helps to make sure that the person's not just like. A creep. Yeah, or not who they say they are. Not, you're not getting catfished. It, exactly, exactly. Catfishing, I think, is really, I feel like that show, it's a TV show now. Um, well, it's been for a while. But I feel like you know, for you to be on that show now, like you have to be a real dummy. Because, yeah, at this point, it would be really hard to be able to pull off a successful catfish because the person would be just like, yo, let's just do a video call. I'd like to see you. No, I have work. Okay, cool. How about after work? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that should be fine. But sometimes I get really busy and I have bad reception in my house. <laughs> All right, I don't think this is gonna but, work, that, babe. but that only holds up for so long and then you're just like nah um yeah you're so, ducking me but but the you know and uh, again uh the question from eliana about long distance relationships um my question back to that is like where is that gonna go if, if somebody lives in detroit the other person lives in miami you have to know at that time if you're expecting it to go anywhere that you either you plan to relocate for good or the other person plans to relocate for good. Uh, that's, a, that's a tough, look at Max and Lindsay. They lived in different cities for years and years and years. Ultimately, they got together and they lived together and they own a home together. But tough, that's a tough, I don't know anybody else that sustained long-term distant relationships. Yeah, I think that's a tough one. Yeah, and I think that, yeah, like it's it's going to fail unless you have longer term plans to be able to be living in the same city eventually. That long distance can't be the default. It has to be a temporary thing. And I think that generally you're going to want to have had the relationship start off normal and then become long distance because of something you couldn't control. One of the you had to move for work or whatever. Yeah. Well, well, I know I know somebody else who was doing a long distance relationship from New York to, I think, Hawaii. That's about as far as you can go. And then moved in, I think, in California or maybe in Hawaii. So left New York and they were together. Talk about meeting halfway. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, together for a few years, married, and now separating. Um, because, you know, certain things like in real life just aren't – just, you know, it makes for a tough reality when it's 
you know, when it's one-on-one. Um, yeah. And, and Andreas would say, uh, do you consider cheating when you're in a long distance relationship? Uh, that those, those parameters have to be set at the outset. Well, or, the, or they're not. And then it just gets dicey. Um, um, that's a tricky, uh, you know, it's definitely tricky because if you have sexual needs and you're in this long distance relationship, uh, you know, that's tough. It's, it's, I would say it's definitely different for everybody. Um, but distance is a lot of stress in a relationship. And if, if you're getting serious in that distance relationship and expecting to come together, expect your timeline restarts. So you might be dating somebody for eight months and then you come together and it's no longer distance. You, it's not, we've been together for eight months. It's we've been together for a week. We're Mm -hmm. starting something new because the whole dynamic changes when you're one-on-one living with someone uh, or even living, not, you, you know, just they're there all the time, you know? Uh, And of course, when, even if you, even, so say you're dating from different cities and then you relocate, one of you relocates or both of you relocate to the same city, but you're not, not living together. You're living separately. Okay. That distance is like a magnetic now, now one of you is going, my guess is at least one of you is going to want to be spending a lot of time with that person. So say, uh, you know, if I'm dating somebody who lives in, Mexico, and then I move to Mexico. I'm moving to Mexico to be with that person, right? So that's the primary reason. Maybe I got a job in Mexico, but I'm moving because that person's in Mexico. Now, my main thing in Mexico is that person. So I want to be spending 98% of my free time with that person. But I've moved into that person's life, and that person has 100% of a life. I may occupy 20% 20% of it, the time that they spend on the phone or FaceTime with me distance wise. But now my, you know, I'm new to the city. I'm going to spend all my time with that person. That's a huge lifestyle interruption for that person as well. So it's just, well, it, that's why I always recommend to people. I say, if you're thinking about moving to a city for somebody that can't be your only reason because then you don't have a backup plan. You need to have another reason to be in a city besides the fact that you ostensibly love this person. Because if that, if things go south with this, with this now, now no longer long distance relationship, what do you have? Well, exactly. You're, I see that a lot in New York city because obviously New York city is a destination city for a lot of people, especially for jobs and, and stuff like that. So I see that all the time and it's tough. Um, and I don't know. Let me move on to the next one because I got a handful of questions here. Okay. Uh, and I'm feeling a bit rushed because I'm still like on this 90 mile an hour uh, thing where I was flying here. Um, there's a lot of relationship questions that came up, so I'm just okay. calling. I'm just calling this relationships and other questions. Relationship uh, Q and A. Let's go. Yeah, basically. So uh, gifts for a new relationship and. You know, at what point is a a three week? So we got to. We, there's a lot. That's we, we need to make a lot of definitions here. Are you exclusive with someone? How long after you after you became exclusive? Because if you're dating someone, but it's not exclusive, and you've been dating for three or four weeks, and you're spending a lot of time at each other's places, 
Well, let's say two times a week. What do you give that person? And do you give that person? What's the occasion of the gift? Holidays. Oh, I don't know. If you like try and scope out some of their interest and buy something that fits like one of their hobbies that you might not necessarily share. Maybe she's into art. You get her some art supplies. I don't know. <laughs> so not an art connoisseur, but an actual artist. No, or if she's just into art, then maybe you get her like a nice print. Like you, f- you figure out like one of the artists that she likes and get a nice lithograph painting or something. Yeah, I think, I don't think it can be too expensive. I also don't think it can be too intense because like that, there's a really good chance if you're getting something for someone that's in your relationship, they didn't get anything for you. So, well, I mean, if you're, if this is for the holidays or whatever, you know what, for, Buying a gift for a chick, you can never go wrong with like an inexpensive pair of diamond earrings as long as they wear jewelry. How much do diamond earrings cost? Inexpensive. I bought I bought a pair of diamond earrings for my girlfriend at the time for like forty bucks. Are you sure they were diamond? That's what the salesman told me. <laughs> it, it was hilarious because I, I was like, I just need I just need to get her a pair of diamond earrings. I don't know what else to get. Actually, it was, it's better than that. So yeah, you met her. It was Haley. Um, and I always joked that she had, she had a lot of like cat like behaviors to her. I always just called her like a cat in human clothing. Um, and so the gifts that I got her that year, she always liked bubble wrap, just like she would just pop it. So I bought her bubble wrap. I bought her like a little cat toy that had like a bell in it. And then I bought her diamond earrings. So like I got her bubble wrap, a cat toy and shiny objects. Um, but I didn't, it, it didn't really matter how, how expensive they were. So I, or how nice they looked. It was the fact that I was getting her some diamond earrings and I went to the salesman. He's like, do you want to know about these? I'm like, no, I just want to know what the price is. <laughs> and like, all right. Like, well, let me, let me tell you a little bit more about this. Like you're not listening to me, dude. If you keep on talking, you're going to lose the sale. I just want a pair of I, earrings. I think he wanted to tell you that they weren't real diamond, but uh, I didn't want to hear that because that... <laughs> that's fine. You bought some diamond earrings, then you got a really good deal, so that's good. Um, yeah, you can get a pair of inexpensive diamond earrings for you could also under do, fifty bucks. You could also do something like, I think a nice, a nice early dating thing would be cook for that person, and if they like a certain wine or they like a certain liquor, that you buy that for them. Um, the material gift, you know, I think, you know, is not to exceed 50 to a hundred dollars. And it just can't that's be the range that I'm in. It can't be anything that's like heavy, like, Oh, you got me, you know, like a photo album of us, or you got me like a, an iPhone type of, or an iPad. Like, you know what another good idea is? And right now it's not applicable at all because you can't do it. But, um, if they happen to have a type of music that they like or a particular artist that they like like tickets to a concert for that particular art- I like artist that. So, I like that. yeah and and yeah i think that's good you get like two tickets that way it's a you and me thing but it's your artist not mine so it's still mostly for you but i get to come along and enjoy it with you i i was once invited to so this is early on in dating somebody and she had purchased a different dude tickets to a black keys concert and she happened to mention that she had these tickets. And this was pretty early on. So, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm big. I'm just kind of being open and honest. And uh, she's like, yeah, so I had these. I got them. It ended a while back. You know, it was 
gesture in, in advance. And, uh, and I was like, fuck yeah, I want to go to the Black Keys. I love the Black Keys. Um, it was a great concert. It was actually a really badass concert. I think it was in Madison Square Garden, so that's cool. Um, Andreas is here watching. He said, definitely an experience over something material. And I think that's, if you're going with an experience, given it's not a $250 pair of tickets somewhere, um, you know, it's a 50, 60, $80 pair of tickets, not so bad. You know what another good one is? This one, I don't know how COVID's affected it, but um, like skydiving is fun together. That's cool. That's cool. I think the biggest thing, though, is you can't, you got to walk the line of not making the other person uncomfortable if they haven't bought you something in reciprocity. And I don't think they need to. And I don't think that you should have any expectation that they will. Um, you know, I always tell everybody that I date that they need to buy me something. So that way it's, there's no ambiguity. No, I, I tell everybody that I date not to buy me anything. That was a, that was a joke. That was a joke. Um, all right. So uh, there's so many dating questions. It's so, Keep going. So wild. Um, dating a colleague. So this is so, so last one again. We got a few from Daisy's. Um, and Daisy said also gifts for new relationship, meeting a person who lives distantly. Next question was dating a colleague. And got to be careful. I think there's lots of, there's lots of, uh, oh, there's a little refill here. Lots of questions when it comes to dating a colleague. I, I don't think dating or PDA has any place in the office. I have a bit of an issue going on with this in my office and I haven't had an opportunity to call it out in, in front of the two parties without enough people being around. Like, I don't want anybody around, ideally. I just want to, I want to walk in and catch something and be like, look, motherfuckers, that doesn't happen here. You know, that does like- Well, there's a difference between people dating in the office and not really acting on anything in the office versus like, you, I don't think there's an issue there. As if like, they can be professional with each other while they're in the office and then whatever they do outside of work is their own business. Yes, I, I agree. I don't think it, I don't think there's any conversation about it. I don't think I think you should be able to work with people and then not have any idea about you, that personal aspect of you. I've always kept it on a uh, I didn't uh, actually that's not true, but it deserves to be on a private note. Um, you know I'm close friends with a lot of people that I work with. So I guess that's where some lines get crossed. So, you know, people are, people have been aware of that, but really I would say it's, a, it's, it's, there's a lot of people out there and if you can avoid it, like you should. Uh, and if, if it happens to happen because you're not in control, you, you know, you hit it off with somebody, it doesn't need to take, you know, there should be no uh, remnants of it in the office. Yeah, the goal should be that nobody in the office knows. Yeah, exactly. Or suspects it. Like that's, and I just think that's how it should be. Um, yeah, so I would say like if you are on basically the same employment level, because like if you're a manager and they're not, that, that's a problem because there's, a diff, there's an imbalance of power. But if like you're both basically at the same employment level or whatever and nobody knows about it in the office and you keep it, you keep it, you keep work, work at work basically. Sure, sure. Um, it just, like, I don't think it's a terrible thing. I think if, if, if I would work actively to avoid it. And, you know, if things happen, they happen. 
And, you know, that's human nature. Like you can't control it. I don't have in, in our office, I don't have any policies that forbid it. Um, but it just should be avoided. Uh, we should probably have policies like for your senior agents versus like junior agents that are on their team. Well, sure. Um, but it's tough. It's tough. Uh, all right. All right next question. I got to change the subject before I, you know, I, I get any deeper. Um, all right. Let's see. All right. Let's talk about uh, this was dating a colleague. Let's talk about another workplace thing, not relationship. What to buy your boss. So being the boss, I like it when people buy the boss thing. <laughs> but I don't think you need to buy your boss anything. Um, and I definitely, I, you know, I, uh, it's, it's a nice gesture. I always was happy when somebody brought me a bottle of something or if people, you know, chipped in and, and got a bottle of something. Um, I, I've gotten, I've gotten different bottles of wine, different bottles of liquor and ties. And I think that's very reasonable. At one point, somebody gave me a pack of undershirts, which I thought was very odd. And then I guess that they had found out that I was complaining about always running out of undershirts. So there was a bit of kind of tongue in cheek with that. But I think a tie, um, I think a tie is reasonable. And um, I think a bottle of something is reasonable. Anything else? That you, you, can gotta, you gotta know your boss. You gotta, and I would say if you don't know your boss very well, don't buy them a gift. You need to have some kind of ideas, things that they like. So like, for example, in my office, if I wanted to buy one of the partners a gift, like the last thing that I would buy any of them would be ties. One, because I know they probably have a ton of them. And two, we don't wear ties in the office. So I, I've seen each, each one of the partners, all like each three or four partners, I've probably seen each one of them wear a tie once or twice each. Yeah, so in I, two and a half years, maybe eight times. Uh, I, I always like a nice tie. But just for the record, this question came from Cabby Sue. What to buy the boss? Uh, I would say like, I always think I, I'm a huge fan of fountain pens. So that's kind of a default gift that I give to everybody because practically everybody has to write things down from time to time. So why not do it with something nice? Um, same thing on the writing side is like a nice notebook of like high quality paper. Um, because again, writing things down a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, that, a, a nice pen, not a bad one. But, 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 so James, you can get away with not a suit. How much was that pen you said the other day? Which uh, one? You, you mentioned one. I can't remember the name. We put it in a gift. Um, well, so the Pilot Metropolitan is that the one, one that I recommend. You can get that for about 20 bucks. Okay. So here's my advice. A nice, uh, um, shit, I just, I can't think of it. What type of pen is it? Sorry. Fountain pen. A nice fountain pen for $20, nice, classy. A ballpoint pen for $20, not classy. Ballpoint pen for $100 plus, classy, but then you're mm -hmm. probably overspending for the boss. But I don't think you should, if you give somebody a $20 ballpoint pen, not cool. Uh, but I think so, a fountain pen, that's cool, because pro probably they don't have it. Um, a bottle of wine or a bottle of liquor, that's cool. As like, long as you know I, that they drink. If they're not a drinker, then don't buy them that. Again, you have to have some insight. You can't be. Mm -hmm. um, uh, a tie, I think, is good. Um, <laughs> a book on management. 
<laughs> uh, if you're a dick, of, you know, like management for dummies or something would be funny. And it would also be, it would, it would be tongue in cheek funny because they could, they could put it behind their desk, you know, like on a bookshelf. That'd be kind of funny too. Um, somebody just asked what field I'm in. Oh, I missed this. Ah, shit. I did it last time too. We are with James, the Bosnator Boswell, accountant extraordinaire, professional bartender, professional referee, and part-time um, philosopher. Yeah. So uh, that's James. I'm a real estate agent in Manhattan. James is in Charleston, South Carolina. So uh, let's see. Let's hit the next question here. Um, what I have Widow Warrior, and I know Widow Warrior that you're watching this live, so maybe you can uh, elaborate on this, because I just took some notes quick today. Is sex easier and love harder? Oh, okay. So she was asking is, now that she's saying, her, the premise was sex is easier in 2020 and love is harder in 2020. Is that true? And well, we need to define oh, our terms a little bit. Here. My, my thinking is really, and I don't know, because I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I'm not young enough to also know who's comparing this to me. I don't think that that has changed because I'm no longer 22 or 18 having these apps. And the person who is now 22 or 18, they're not comparing this to 2005. Because yeah, they don't know what the world was like before so, Tinder and the Bumble and whatnot. So even when, you know, and I've, in the past, uh, not obviously currently, but I tried dating apps and things like that, and I didn't find that easy at all. Um, so I don't necessarily think it's easier uh, and love is harder. I think, obviously, like, if you're a hot girl, it's probably always easy. And sure. if, you're, if you're a, a hot guy, it's probably no more easy than it's ever been because you still have to navigate that social, you know, so, kind of. I don't remember which dating site it did. I think it was either OkCupid or Match.com. They did an experiment where they took four pictures of a guy and four pictures of a girl, uh, of like different guys and girls. So mm -hmm. they had like ugly looking dude, below average dude, average dude, really good looking dude. And then exact same thing, ugly chick, below average chick, average chick, super hot chick, right? Mm -hmm. And so they put the photos up for each one of these. I had eight profiles and the profile description for each one of them, all eight was the exact same text, exact same. Yeah. right? And so then they went out and they just, they put them up and saw how many matches or how much interest, how many messages each one got. So unsurprisingly, the hot chick blew everybody else out of the water, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the, 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 the thing that I tell everybody, this is the, the real finding for me, is that the, the, the hot dude, how did he do in comparison to the chicks? So you've got- I'm guessing he did, he did similar to the below average or the ugly girl. And then obviously the, 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 the scale of the men fell in place behind him. So the dude who was a nine and a half scored about, all right, so if we say like you have like a two, a five, a seven, and a nine and a half, right? Mm -hmm. 
So the dude who was a nine and a half scored somewhere between the five and the seven of the chicks. Okay. Okay. So that would have been, and that's, I don't think that has changed in apps or in real life. I don't think, but again, now we're talking about sex. So now we have to talk about love. And I think love in the sense that most people know it, which is that kind of infatuation period. I don't think that's changed much at all. I still think that exists for your two weeks to your three months, to your six months, to your 12 months. I don't think that's changed. But I think because now in 2020, people believe that they have so many more options that that extended, that deep, that true, real, enduring love doesn't exist the way it used to. And I think that's because people- Because um, inherent in that type of love is, is some kind of, there's compromise in that. Uh, is it's a realistic view of the other person where you realize they're they're not perfect well we got a, we got a female request to be in here talking about dating apps i'm going to bring her in michelle Let's do it. i think this is michelle that was on here before except we're not on tiktok now uh, michelle hang tight we're on instagram so i'm going to try to i'm going to try to bring is this, this michelle in. from south africa i think so so i'm just gonna i'm gonna i'm trusting this is michelle we talked to last time uh you know i love bringing you guys in james unfortunately won't be able to see and the guys on tiktok you guys won't be able to see either hang tight guys uh let's see if i can she said yeah michelle south africa go live with michelle um right waiting for her to connect and we'll get a little theme up oh, oh, she declined all right she even though she's telling me she wants to join so she'll have to oh, try that's again. but again is sex easier and is love harder in 2020 um but i think what uh, okay, it's not the Michelle himself. It's, well, thank you, Michelle. You, Michelle from Texas. We, you know, we we need the female perspective on this. So if you want to jump in real quick, um, you're welcome to. But no, please, Michelle from Texas, you're welcome to join. Um, but what I'm thinking is that people cut a lot quicker in relationships now than they used to because um, because they believe they have so many options, which they probably options are fat, easier and faster. But you know, it depends on what your goals are. If your goals are just to get laid and fuck somebody's life up over the course of eight months, like that's that's still out there, and you can do it a lot more and uh, and and faster than you you know than you could before. But um, I, you know, I think that shorter term love is is just as much there. I think your long term your long term is not. So um, so let's let's hit the, another question, and that question came from. The Widow Warrior, which she's uh, she's commenting now, morals and values have changed. Yeah, to a degree, I think they have. But um, I don't know. I think uh, I don't think sex is that much easier, and I don't think love is that much harder. But I think the long-term relationships are definitely. You know, we don't need relationships as much as we used to now. And I think that's evident in places, especially Asian places like Japan, where birth rates are rapidly declining and people are losing social skills big time, which we did a whole podcast. Uh, if you check out the audio podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Anchor, you can get back to the social skills one. Or if you check out our YouTube uh, playlist, um, well, it's not just it. Japan where birth rates are declining in, in a lot of Western countries, including the United States, birth rates are declining. And I think COVID has actually made a lot of people who might have wanted a family reconsider. 
You think? Uh, yeah. Well, it's made a lot of people who have families who are in relationships want to reconsider. So. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> you got the people over the outside looking and be like, uh-huh, no thanks. No thanks. All right. Um, so let's see. Uh, let's hit the next question. Wanted by the boss. Is sex easier or love harder? Because um, I got some good ones. I'm, I got one or two good ones I'm really holding out on. Um, let's just do those then. Let's hit those. Cause okay, okay. Uh, all right. How quickly do guys know if they want something serious or they just want a good time in a relationship? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Cause, cause it completely depends on what kind of energy I'm getting from the other party. Um, where, how do the first couple dates go? What's our chemistry and what's your intellect? Can I carry on a conversation with oh, you? God, can yeah. I, can I enjoy my time with you when we're not, when can I can I enjoy my time with you when we have our clothes on because like we're going to spend a lot more time with our clothes on than with our clothes off so that that eventually is going to have to win out and is do you get my sense of humor do you accept my personality quirks for what they are and do you try and make me a better person without kind of like I guess for lack of a better term nagging or insisting on it can you make me a better person without having to try well, yeah, I have I have a friend in a relationship that I believe to be more physical and and you know and less fulfilling on the other ends of the spectrum, and I wonder like you know is that a relationship that's that's going to be long lasting? My uh, answer would be no. But but also you know I think in his mind his wires may be crossed a little bit too. So, uh, yeah, but I think I have always I won't entertain a relationship if I don't see if I see like right off the bat that I, it doesn't have potential to have a future. Um, or I'll be pretty clear right off the bat that I don't, I don't see it having a future. It's, it's Define future. Long-term future, which is why- Define that. I'm, what does long-term future mean? Like a forever type future of a potential relationship, which is why I haven't been in that many serious relationships. Um, if I see something on the near horizon, um, and that's not an oxymoron, but if I can see something on the horizon that seems like a red flag, uh, you know, it's usually not something I will, I'll stick out or, or be down to, to stick out. But I, I, I think what might be happening now, because I think social skills below right now, is people might be like intentionally misleading people because they don't know how else to get laid. And, and, and I think that's kind of a sad reality. Um, you know. I'm that both. Might be, I think that might, that might be my problem is that I don't intentionally mislead, and at oh, my think, age, like so. For those <laughs> are the for the for our listeners who don't know, I am adamantly opposed to having kids, and most women in, in the age range that I would date are looking for that at some point in the future, and I've had plenty of first. Pretty dates. soon, pretty soon, that won't be an issue for you, James. It'll it won't be a possibility. <laughs> Sorry. But I've had I've had plenty of first dates where, where that was brought up. I don't bring it up, but I'll answer honestly. Yeah. And where where that was brought up, I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm not interested in never having kids. And they're just like, Well, um, I wish you the best of luck, but you're you're not somebody that I can see myself having a future with because that's something I want. And I say, All right, cool. Yeah, well but I think I think you gotta be really honest up front. Also, you have to be honest with what you're looking for. Maybe not right off the bat, because you're just hanging out right off the bat. But I think 
you, you know, you have to intend, this is, so I have, you know, I have decent number of young guys in my office and every once in a while, like, they'll come in and, and I had lunch with a guy the other day. We were talking mostly about work, but he was trying to date somebody. And I was like, dude, you just need to be honest right off the bat. Like if you're attracted to somebody, just tell them you're attracted to them and then gauge their reaction. And if they're not, if they're not cool, just be like, all right, cool. Like no sweat on my back. Like, you know, I'm happy spending time with you, but don't, don't like just hang out with them for a little while. And then like flip this, you know, flip the switch two months later and be like, I want a relationship because a girl's not going to see that coming. But I think what I, here's my thinking is that a lot of guys are misleading to lead women to believe that they want a long-term relationship just to get laid. And I think women may mislead men to think that they're just there for a fun time and they actually want something serious. Um, you know, and that, that I just, I, I just think kind of honesty, like right up, right up front, right up the bat, just being honest with somebody is just, is going to help like, I don't know. And then once you've dated enough, like you can see stuff that, that might be, you know, deep on the horizon for somebody else. Like you're going to see stuff and you're going to learn and, and you're going to learn what, what, what doesn't work for you in the long term. Um, but, but uh, how quickly do guys know? I think everybody's willing to make a decent compromise if you're smoking hot and then that wears off. And then that, that wears off. Like, if you're smoking hot, they'll be like, you know, they'll, they'll be like, oh, I'm going to marry you. And then like, too I'd much. Say it's like, how many strikes do you get? And how many innings do we play? If you're smoking hot, you get more outs than a chick that's not as hot as you are. Yeah, I mean. Uh, that's just the reality. I'm sorry. There was a line somewhere, maybe it was Alfie or something, that, that uh, fuck, I can't think of the line. But, um, Shit. It maybe I'll, I'll I'll have to bring I'll have to bring it back in another episode. I can't I'll, maybe I'll watch it tonight because it's a bit of a holiday movie. It's got some good lines in it too. I know it does. Uh, fuck. Uh, so but yeah, basically, if you're smoking hot, you're gonna get more strikes and more innings to play than someone who's not. Yeah, I, it's I, not fair, but it's the reality. But long term, your hotness is not going to carry carry the day and you need and in terms of how quickly does a guy know i would say at the most four to six weeks if you hang out regularly it's you know i i try my best to keep distant with my sister and any relationship that that she's in but from time to time i'll drop relationship advice and because I'm so like uninvolved and, and, and ba not that I don't care about her and her relationships, but honestly, I, it's not my place. So for me, I'm just a friend of hers in that sense that doesn't want all the details. That's just going to kind of look at the high line, you know, tip of the iceberg stuff and be like that. No, it's not going to work. Or like, you know, like, you know, my sister asked me, you know, a long time ago, maybe, maybe, I, maybe she didn't ask me, but I just told her, like, how many dates should you go on with somebody before you sleep with them? And I'm like, the girl should hold out as long as possible. The guy should move forward as quickly as possible to feel each other out. Like, you want to make sure the guy's not a dick and you want to hold out, you know, like my, my number was six dates. And then I'm like, the, you know, from the guy's perspective, the guy should try from date one. 
that's that you know that, that was my advice to her on that and and I'm gonna disagree on both points okay and what's your disagreement on that i don't think that it's necessarily the best idea from a guy's perspective to just doggedly pursue one thing no I no think that- I, i'm not saying that i'm not sh- saying that, that just hold on let me and i want to hear the rest of what you're saying i don't mean to interrupt but um I think the guy should be more of the aggressor. Obviously, if he gets turned down, he gets turned down. But I think the guy should be more of the aggressor because that's traditional gender rules. Um, and there's nothing wrong with following traditional gender rules uh, and that the woman should hold off. But sorry, go ahead. I, I, I don't think the guy... I, 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 think, I, I, I don't think so that it's, it should be the guy's goal to get laid. It should be, is this something that I actually want? And when you decide that that's something that you want, then then you then you explore that territory, and it either works for you or it doesn't. But there's been plenty of times where I've been on on dates with women where I'm like, I don't really want to have sex with this person tonight. Maybe in the future, I'll figure out where I where I fall on them at some point, but not on the first date because I think a guy should be trying to find out if somebody's a good person. Or a slut. Not that there's anything wrong with being either one of those things, but I think you want to, I don't know, I've always wanted to like push it a little bit, um, but I've also been super respectful. Somebody's like, I'm not going to sleep with you. Like, that's fine. Um, but. Um, and I also don't think that oh, a, a chick should arbitrarily decide not to have sex with somebody simply because that there's some set number that they need to wait for like if it's something that you want and it's something that you you think is a good idea go for it if you have misgivings if you have some reason to think maybe i should wait then wait just for the record comments are saying that you're hitting this nail right on the head everybody is is on your side on this one ah there we go like yes 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 uh so (laughs) you're winning this one although somebody did say i love traditional gender rules which if you're non-traditional when it comes to generals, like kudos to you. Like, do why, you? Why do I'm, talking I, I'm against it? Why do we need to set certain expectations based on gender? Who cares? Do what do what it makes the most I, sense well, at the time, I, regardless of I, whether you get a dick or a vagina. Cool, perfect. But guess what? What I I like a traditional female gender role as the opposing sex, and I'm and and, and it's within my right to weed out what I don't like. So I'm, I'm not pro- telling you that you shouldn't I'm, like what you like. No, what I'm, I'm saying is like, you don't have, it's nobody, not a, has to, nobody has to do the wrong thing. I'm saying I'm looking for what I'm, what I like and I'm weeding out the, the, the other. So I'm, I'm trying to see if, you know, if somebody sleeps me on the, on the first date, then I'm like, okay, well, this is somebody who, you know, probably does this a lot. And I don't know necessarily, and maybe it is. I don't know necessarily that's something that I'm going for. Yeah, but, but again, it the person also, it depends on the person, depends on the circumstances. I'm just trying to figure things out and I'm pushing things to the boundary to figure out where the boundary is. Just like when I get a new car and I drive it as hard as I can because I want to see where the tires are going to, where the tires are going to skid off the road because I don't want to be doing 70 around uh, an on-ramp or an off-ramp and lose it then. I want to know right off the bat what are the boundaries and figure out if it's for me because I've been in great cars, just like the nine 11 where you'd be surprised how aggressively it can take turns. And then you'd be surprised where it takes turns and it loses it. And is it, is it the car for me? I, I love the car, but 
Does it not fulfill certain aspects of where I want a car to fulfill? Sure, but I wanted to learn that early on and say, is this a car that I want to commit to and drive? Okay, so I'm gonna have to stop you for a second because you're not answering the question. You're answering the question for you. Yes, and but no, but the thing is, this is a question that needs to be applicable to other people. You can't just say this is what I like to do. You have to say what's an approach that'll work for more than more people than just me, and that's why the response that I have is like, you don't necessarily like what wh- if you don't if you're not big on the whole gender roles thing and you think that a lot of this is socially constructed stuff is bullshit, then don't buy into it and do your own thing and don't have some arbitrary rule as to how many dates you have to wait to hook up with somebody. Know, be aware of the implications of both sides of the decision, where if you're waiting too long or you're waiting not long enough, how that might be interpreted. But at the end of the day, you have to judge where you fall on somebody and what you, and whether you're okay with the consequences one way or the other. And you're reading comments and what are they saying? Yeah, I am catching. I'm listening to you. I'm listening to you, but I'm also reading the comments. And basically, the last two comments, the last three comments that came through, I liked. Um, let's see. Uh, Pixie Girl said, uh, It depends on what you're looking for a relationship or a hookup, but back to honesty. And I think, again, being yeah, that's, right yeah. that is important. And that's, yep. that's my one like cold study there. Next mm-hmm. one said, I think you were both way overthinking. And that's when you saw me smile. You're we both overthinking relationship or long term. And the next comment was, um, shit, I forgot it. I lost it. Uh, If a guy really likes a girl and respects her, uh, he's are not going to sleep with her on the first date. Uh, But but I think ultimately, if you really like that person, you're gonna you're willing to make uh, it's all right. Every instance is different. Every every person is different, but. I just think I think if you're if you're super honest and you're upfront, upfront, you're winning. That's all. That's all right. All. Next question. And and how soon or how late somebody sleeps with you has never been a make or break for me, um, and it shouldn't be for you. But it is something that I think about consciously in a relationship. Uh, all right. So let's see. Um, okay. Uh, Quickly, bye during the pandemic. So do I want to do real estate? I want to go back to dating or do I want to talk about society? Dating, society, or real estate? Because those are the three questions we have left and I want to hit all of them. Um, let's let's finish off dating and then then we'll change since we're already in the dating mindset. I don't want to do that. I like the question. I like the question. All right. I'm, well, I pick the question you I'm like. Sorry. Why I'm are you sorry. even asking me that? I know. It's not, it, it, I, I tried to. Yeah, all right. Um, I'm a ball hog here. All right. Um, men and women pay gap. I just want to touch on it. Jay Cruz said, "What a, you know, I think you guys should make a podcast about the men and women pay gap. And it hit me this, this week or last week, the end of last week, uh, the women's soccer league is complaining that they don't get paid as much money as men. And what are their revenues? That's what I said. That was my first question. If, if a men's soccer game makes uh, 1.2 million per game and a women's game makes 450,000, how do you pay them the same amount of money? And I don't, and I, I totally think, I, I, I know that it's inadvertent, the pay gap, 
maybe to a degree it's intentional. Um, I, look, this, th- I want to do a topic. I want to do a podcast where we I talk think, about this entirely think, because oh, it, it merits a full hour of discussion. I want to do some research on it because I've got some opinions on it that I would rather have researched than just spouting off. Yeah. Well, th- and that's my point. I think it definitely deserves. And, and it's Jake a great Ruger, topic. Jake Ruger, because I, I obviously believe in equal pay hundred percent. Well, you can and pay I, for equal work. Equal pay for equal work, but it's the same amount of work to keep the ball down the field. The issue is the revenue and the viewership and who's evaluating the work. Not the, so, so it, gets, it gets complex. And I, again, I believe in equal pay. I believe in total equality. Um, I don't necessarily believe that, you know, we should have a boxing match between a man and a woman. I also don't believe we should have a boxing match between somebody who's 280 pounds and somebody who's a buck 70. Um, but but it, it's something to be dissected. And you know, shoot me for my opinion on it, but, but we definitely equal. Let, let's make that a full podcast because let's I think there's a lot. All there. Right. All right, Jay Cruz, you, uh, you, you got us on a whole podcast. So we're going to do some research. We'll get back to you next week or at some point in the future. So I think that was my society. I'm going to hit real estate real quick. Buying dur- during a pandemic. Is it a good idea to buy during a pandemic? For someone who just left New York city and bought in the suburbs, it's not a good time to buy because there's low inventory. So there's a seller's market in the summer. Very, yeah, very much so. In this, and if you're buying in a city, now's the time to buy because right now there's so many sales listings and everybody's leaving. So the demand is low, the supply is high, prices are coming down. It's definitely a buyer's market in urban areas and it's a seller's market in suburban and rural areas. So you have to decide what your goal is, and that's the answer to you. James, any, any input on that? Or I imagine you're on, on the same page. Pretty much. Um, I'd question how much of a buyer's market it is in, in cities, but you would know better than I do. Um, I think it also depends greatly on your location. And I'm not saying like urban versus suburban. I'm saying what city are you in? Because right now, there are some cities that are blowing up and there are other cities that are emptying out. So it, it all depends on what location, where you're looking to buy. But I would say in general right now that um, although rents and rental income has dropped considerably during the pandemic, we have not seen a corresponding decrease in price in actual real estate. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason for that is all these people that have money need to put it somewhere. And so if they don't want to put it in the stock market, the next best place to put it is real estate. So the demand for real estate has stayed the same or increased. And it's not because of demand for use so much as it is demand for a safe harbor for assets. So I'm not sure that buying right now is the best time. And we might see a correction in the real estate market my, my guess is that we'll see a correction in the real estate market, but it won't be for a couple of years. And the reason for that is right now, interest rates are stupid low, which yep. is going to incentivize buying and people can get approved for a higher rate for a higher loan amount than they would have been able to five years ago because the interest is so much lower. Mm-hmm. So you're also seeing that pump up demand because you've got more availability of capital. Um, and so eventually interest rates are going to have to tick back up. And if the longer term effects of this pandemic are going to be that there's going to be certain sectors of the economy 
in employment that take a very long time to recover, then you're going to have a number of people in those industries that are either underemployed or unemployed or unemployable because they just have skills that are no longer in demand because the economy has shifted and they're still going to be holding mortgage notes that they can't pay. So I think we're going to see something similar to the 2008-2009 mortgage crisis and then just recession entirely, but it's going to play out over a longer period of time. And I, I don't think it's going to be as severe, but it's going to take longer to materialize. And you will see a correction in real estate prices as long as interest rates tick back up. As long as interest rates are low, that's going to artificially inflate demand for real estate. Yeah, fair enough. And, I, and, you know, and again, something we can hit, hit more because I got like, I have one more, but I had a lot of questions. And, and I mean, again, as the viewers are saying in the comments, you are hitting the nail right in the head. Um, all right, last question. I like this one. Dating age gap from Cheryl Pollock. Uh, and buying during a pandemic from uh, Lilith Fair. So uh, Cheryl Pollock asks, uh, dating age gap. What's an acceptable dating age gap? Uh, I, I, I know the multiplier. I believe in the multiplier. Divide by two, add seven. That's it. Or divide by seven and add two. Um, I live in an area in which <laughs> culture and Californication of Texas is affecting prices. Oh, uh, Lilith. Oh, actually, that was your question. Lilith buying during a pandemic. Lilith, Texas is screwed right now with the Californians. Everybody in California. California and New York City are not the places to live right now. Uh, no, but also buying. If you, if you ever wanted to move to California or New York, your window of opportunity is starting to open. Yeah, this is the time to move to California. Yeah, just like James said. But if you're in if you're in the Texas area, everybody in California wants to move to Texas for the same reason. I'm in Jersey now, out of fresh out of Manhattan. Manhattan is super regulated, and we'll get back to this dating age gap in a second. Um, but Manhattan is super regulated, super liberal, and I'm pretty liberal, but um, but not to the point where like I had to step over. Um, someone laying in the stairs this morning on my, on my, they were like all drugged out. It was, it was again with the homeless people, nine fifteen in the morning. And then yesterday there were like a bunch of syringes dumped down the fucking stairs. So in the subway, like it's just a fucking mess. And you know, they're saying there's cheap needles. The, I was thinking like, that's great. Like people find cigarettes on the ground. They smoke half smoking cigarettes. You find a fucking syringe on the ground used or not. Like you're sticking that shit in your body. There's still some Um, drugs in there. But yeah, the voter base of these uber liberal people are people that don't make any money and, and they and they live off the city policies. And the people that are transient or, you know, pied um, you know, whatever it is, they're, they're not your big voting base. And the problem is places like L.A., uh, San Francisco, uh, New York City, Manhattan, you need rich people for those places to exist. The rich people inject the money with the city with money, the cities with money. And the rest of it, use that money. But you can't, you can't only cater to the small end of the funnel. You have to cater to the large end of the funnel as well and, and, you, and everything really in between, but at least at the small end and the large end. Can um, I give you an audio book that you should listen to? Which is what? That'll address kind of the points that you made right now. Um, 
so it's it's a it's a regular book too but you can find the audiobook i think you can just find it on youtube and you can listen to it for free um the name of the book is the dictator's handbook okay. and it's, I've, I've heard of this yeah oh just either read it or listen to it because the author's insights on how politics works is just refreshing all right so i want to i don't want to get too much into this i want to get back into the dating age yet because we're, we're at the we just at the hour mark um, I want to talk a little bit more about the dating age gap. And I think, um, I think, uh, you know, it, 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 you know, we need two, three minutes on it. I like to divide by two and you add seven. Somebody just said something about 10 years and then six years or something. Oh, 10 years older or three to four years younger, but that doesn't work. It's 10 years older or 10 years younger because it's a bit, it's just, so, yeah, I think, okay. but if you really, if you're 60 years old, can you date somebody that's 37? I think so. I don't think 37 is as a baby. You, you're like, oh, that's huge. 37 is somebody that's vibrant and young, but yeah, 60 is still pretty, pretty vital there. Um, then you take somebody who's 65, that's 32 and a half plus that's 40 years old is basically yeah. if you're 40. It's okay to date somebody that's 60. Um, if you're 30, you can date somebody that's 22. Yeah. Um, I, hmm, let me think about that. Uh, I think, yeah, I think that at least in my own personal life, when I was in my late 20s or whatever, but my rule was you have to be legal to drink. If you're not legal to drink, we can't talk. Because, I, I briefly at 33, 22. How does that math out? That not favorably. <laughs> No, and it was a tough, and it didn't last. So, um, I, you know, and I think if you if you're if you're testing the extremes of that, my 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 thinking was always, especially if you're on the young, if you're if you're the older person dating down, and it's on the younger end of the, end of the kind of spectrum, we'll say like 20, eighteen plus, because at eighteen you're what twenty five. What's the uh, at eighteen you'd be seven to 11, um, you'd be what? Fuck, 22, right? If you're- 22 I mean, to 18 matches yeah, up, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but if you were, so um, from the, the lower end, if you're dating somebody who's on the lower end of the math there, um, you technically, have more experience well obviously you have more experience hopefully you have more experience but you technically also have the upper hand because you have the experience because you're older you have more life skills so my you know my thinking is just like if you're dating down that person if their relationship ends needs to end in a better place than when they started because you you can't yeah you can't date down and like kind of fuck over that person is my thinking and I don't think that that's realistic to achieve, though. That's too chivalrous. Well, I, but that's my point. Is I think if you're not being that chival chivalrous, then then you're yeah. But you can have that as the goal. But like, right, obviously, right. don't go out with the the with the intent of screwing somebody up. But, the, but, but you know what? But don't be a dickbag. But don't be a dickbag. I think is. Yeah, but you can screw that. somebody. You can screw somebody up without being a dickbag and without intending to do so. It just happens sometimes. That, then this just means you're dumb. So then don't date that person. But that's my advice: is don't leave that person in a worse place. And and if you do, how do you know that you're doing that until it's too late? 
that's on you. And if you're not aware that that person could potentially end up in a worse place, that's still on you. And that makes, and that's what makes you the dick bag. How is this an enforceable standard? It's not. It's my perspective. And I'm not enforcing it. I'm not out there in my fucking, uh, <laughs> what did I have the other day? Uh, corona or something, they're just selling a desk. Um, I'm not out there with my fucking sledgehammer beating people Thorsell over the head. Um, but I think, I think uh, the divide by two by in ad seven is a good guideline, but you should always just read it and say like, how mature is this person in relation to me? What kind of interchange do we have? And kind of test the boundaries of their ability to handle things. And I'm not talking about sexual, I'm talking about life situations and see how do they handle stress and adversity? And how does that match up with your expectations of somebody at that age? And does that fit with how you are? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but I, I think if you're not aware of that person's going to be in a worse place, like you're not really in tune with things. And I, and I think, and I think that's on you. And I think if you're not in tune with things, uh, um, yeah, that's also on you. Like I, that's just shitty. I'm sorry. I don't know if you're looking something up or you're frozen. Uh, no. So, uh, but I'm basically, I'm being told in the comments, I'm losing hard, which is fine. But I think, you know, all my platform for the most, for the most part across the board was honesty and intuition. So, um, but, uh, I don't know. What are you looking up over there? Oh, I, there was something on, uh, don't ask. It was, it was, it was a math thing. All right. Well, you know, right, fair enough. Um, all right. Anything else? Any, any other questions that you guys want to ask who's watching live? I'd love to hit like two more questions if we can. We hit the hour mark. So that uh, means I'm winding down. I'm not pouring another drink. I actually managed not to kill a bottle of wine, which is not bad on my part. Um, I'm sure after the podcast, I probably will. Uh, Missy Highland added uh, a good uh, holiday gift would be a home cooked meal and to watch hockey on TV. Um, interesting. Um, so, and then we got something from S. Uh, Rivas. People need to decide if they're seeking long-term or short-term, not to drag- Back to honesty. Back to honesty, not to drag people into a falsehood, which, yeah, exactly. But let me, here's the thing on honesty. Like we can talk about honesty all day long, but when you're sitting across the table at Taco Bell on your third date. Looking well, that, at first, that's, that's a great third date location. Yeah, if you can find a dine-in Taco Bell during coronavirus. Um, looking somebody- Let me they, just show you. This is, this is how seriously I take this relationship right now. Third date, we're gonna step it up. We're gonna go to Taco Bell. Well, 1986, during whatever they made Demolition Man, uh, they believed that all restaurants in the future would be called Taco Bell because they would monopolize restaurants. <laughs> um, so, uh, but if you're across the table from somebody, looking them in the eye and telling them what you really want, or even telling them you think they're pretty, is really tough. And it's and if, if you're like, no, it's not that tough. I promise you it's really tough for a, a lot of people. Um, so, uh, you know, that's... It's easier after a couple of drinks. I agree. Which is why uh, we're featured here on Sip Talk. So, um, and of course, 
All right, guys, I'm going to wrap. Uh, so I missed a few comments and, and questions there, but I'm going to wrap. Um, James and I are always here for relationship questions. We're always here for accounting and tax advice. As that, that's what the people want to hear about. That's James Forte. I'm always here for your real estate advice, for your personal advice. Um, and, you know, but, uh, but that's what we're here for. And we like getting, we like being in touch with the personal aspects of, of, of life. And uh, somebody just asked, what's a deal breaker for you? Um, I'm going to wrap on a deal breaker. Um, that's tough. My deal breakers have changed big time. When I was younger, I never thought I would be with a smoker. Smoking doesn't bother me anymore. Um, kids, uh, you know, uh, the kids thing, I doesn't bother me anymore. Um, what are some, what's a good deal breaker? I think, you know, good. I got a few. I think if you're, if you're like a solid, if like you're like a good solid person, like you can get away with a lot of deal breakers. Uh, I feel like I've always been the deal breaker in the relationship. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'm sure I'm guilty of that as well in my relationships, yeah. but in terms of at this point, if I'm looking for somebody that I'm going to date, um, my deal breakers are, it's a short list, but there's like two or three that I, I can't get around. One is like, if you're fat and I'm not interested Two is if you have kids, I'm out. And three is if you, if you can't carry on a reasonably intelligent conversation, I'm not looking for you to be a member of Mensa, but I don't want to have to explain basic concepts to you that you don't understand. And then for you to continue not to understand them, you need to be able to engage intellectually at some level. Those are the three for me. Is I, I, I'm willing to negotiate on practically everything else. I'll, I'll say the intelligence, the intelligence factor, but really it's more so the communication factor because communication is key. And that's really led to the demise of any relationship where we didn't both speak the same language um, because the conversational aspect is very fulfilling for me. Um, and, and that's it. And somebody else said, yeah, obviously lies, morals and values. Um, our deal breaker. All right, I'm gonna wrap on that. I just, I, yes, okay. I, I said I wasn't gonna pour another glass of wine. I did. Uh, I just ran through the door. Got some deliveries here. I got to take care of, and uh, uh, but that's that. All so, right, yeah. Let's uh, let's do some research, and we'll talk about the as two dudes. We'll talk about how the pay gap has affected us. All right. If you want to actually the gen, the gender wage pay gap. Um, if you're female uh, or a lady or a girl or in between, uh, we would love to hear your comments. Shoot me a DM, shoot me an email, um, fill us in. We, we want your opinion, we want your feedback on the gender uh, wage gap. I think that's really big. And I would love to have some additional external points of view on it outside of James and mine, obviously we're both dudes. Um, and uh, as always, I appreciate you guys watching. Definitely subscribe if you haven't. Like if you're watching us and we're not live, actually, if you're watching us live, just go to YouTube and, and search us out. You're going to find us. Go to your podcast platform. If you don't listen to podcasts, like what the hell else do you do on your commute? You listen to Taylor Swift? You listen to like regular radio? If I'm driving the Miata. I listen to air. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but you should listen to, you're in the gym. What are you listening to? You need something fulfilling. You need to listen to us. Put on Zip Talk.
you need to listen to our goofy points of view. Um, I, I actually, for the first time ever, because now I got this extended commute, for the first time ever, I actually, because I edit Sip Talk, but that's editing and that's intensive. I actually listen to, I listen to us on Sip Talk. I hate the sound of my voice. I think everybody does. Um, but, you know, we get some good points of view. And, uh, and I think that's, you know, our point of view, you know, we care a lot about what you guys think. So subscribe and share your opinion. Thank you all for joining. I'm going to, I'm going to close this out. Uh, James, until next time, uh, cheers to you all. Sounds good. Cheers. Well, that was a good one. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being there for us. And again, if we missed any questions that you'd like to hear about, let me know in the comments. I would love to hear what you'd like to hear. All right, see ya. I like PBR, I just got priced out of it. <laughs>